I find myself brooding over what others have done to me. It makes me both angry and depressed to do so. Then afterwards, I feel guilty. What should I do about this? Well, that's a very good question because this is a problem that many people find themselves involved in. First of all, such brooding is a sin. Let's get this clear. You've got to stop it because you've got to stop sinning by brooding against God and against your neighbor. Self-pity is always counterproductive since it is a sin. It consists, fundamentally, of a concentration upon self and one's supposed rights, and usually involves a protest against God's providential workings in your lives. Clearly, it's a self-destructive sin. No wonder, then, that the psalmist wrote, As for me, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant. Psalm 73, verses 2 and 3. Envy, mixed with a brooding self-pity, had almost brought him to deep despair and rebellion against God. He explains, When I pondered to understand this, that is, the prosperity of the wicked about which he was brooding, it was troublesome in my sight, verse 16. He also says, When my heart was embittered and I was pierced within, then I was senseless and ignorant. Plainly, the writer only brought suffering and heartache to himself through these twin sins of self-pity and envy. Now, his relief came, fortunately he tells us about that too, by repentance when he was instructed about the final end of the wicked as he came to the sanctuary of God. Look at verses 17 to 21. So persons who are caught up in the swirling vortex of envy and self-pity need to hear that same message. Counselors, other Christians who are caught in this thing will do well to turn to Psalm 73 and understand what that psalm means. You see, what it's saying is that you only look at the wicked today. You don't see their final end. You don't see where they end up, what God is going to do to justify the righteous and to bring recompense in the final outcome. The tables will be turned. Now, in instances of some people's lives where forgiveness has been granted, but despair and depression on the part of the forgiving individual persists, there's always the possibility of brooding and self-pity. For example, uh, suppose a husband has sinned against his wife by committing adultery and she has forgiven him. But suppose she says, I've forgiven, yet she sits around feeling sorry about it and brooding upon it and thinking about what it was like when he was in the arms of that other woman or whatever it is that goes through her mind, making herself miserable day after day after day. Has she really forgiven? You see, the promise of forgiveness is this that I will not raise this sin against you, the one I've forgiven again, 
and I will not raise it to other people about you. And third and most important of all, I will not continue to raise it in my own mind again. I will remember your sin against you no more. The person who sits around feeling sad and sorry for herself or himself day after day because of what someone else has done to him is somebody who is very unforgiving at heart. But instead of being forgiving, is letting bitterness and resentment and anger grow. And so you see there's a stress on self and a stress on anger. The promise to forgive is a promise not to allow oneself to continue to think about the sin that was committed day by day thereafter. And so it's a sin to brood over what another person has done to you after you have forgiven him. It's a sin to think about it even before you've forgiven him day after day after day. What you ought to be doing is forgiving him. Brooding can never be justified. As a matter of fact, it destroys your life and makes you a miserable kind of person. Well, what can I do to stop, you say? It's, it's one thing to say that brooding and self-pity are a sin, but I catch myself falling into doing this. Here I am day after day uh, just finding myself suddenly having been sitting here uh, for uh, an hour thinking these thoughts, and suddenly I awaken to it, and, and, and here I am in the middle of it again. I don't know how to stop. I've tried to stop, but I can't stop. All right? What you really need is the biblical alternative. We've talked before on these broadcasts about the fact that you can't simply stop something that's wrong. You have to replace things that are wrong. It's not a matter of giving up sin or quitting sin. It's a matter of replacing sinful practices with biblical practices. The Bible talks about putting off and putting on. And what you really need is to put on the biblical alternative to brooding and self-pity. And that biblical alternative is to occupy your mind with the right kinds of thoughts. So I suggest this. Make yourself a think list. A think list, you say? A think list. What's a think list? Well, it's a list of items about which you can occupy your mind fruitfully and profitably whenever you catch yourself wandering into these wrong areas of thinking. For example, if you're ironing, your mind has to be occupied with something else because your mind is not concentrating upon the task which you are doing. So you can occupy your mind with rotten thoughts or you can occupy them with good thoughts. Philippians 4 says, Let your mind dwell on these things, that is, things that are true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and of good repute. Those are the things you're to think of. And if your mind is wandering into sordid and miserable areas, if you're becoming more uh, bitter and, and more sorry for yourself day by day, your mind is dwelling on the wrong things. So make a think list. And the moment your mind begins to wander into those wrong areas again, pull out your list and say, all right, what am I supposed to think about at this time? Well, you say, I don't know what to put on this think list. Okay, that's the first thing you think about. Spend your time thinking about what to put on the think list. That's the first profitable thought that you can give at the next time you find yourself sliding into self-pity. And as you think of things to think about, as you begin to think about things to put on your think list, write them down. Pretty soon this list will begin to grow. You'll continue to add items to it. You can think about things like your vacation. What will I need? 
for, for the vacation? What will I have to take? Where should we go? How long should we spend? What's it likely to cost? And so on. And you're thinking about a good thing like that, your family on a vacation, what you can do together. Your mind isn't wandering off into these wrong channels. My friend, you're going to have to learn how to discipline your thinking. Learn how to discipline your mind just as you learn how to discipline every other aspect of your living. God will bless you if you take your mind off of those things and like Philippians 4.9 says, let your mind dwell on these good and lovely and profitable things instead. Start your think list right now. Do some good thinking today for Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to put our minds upon the things that are profitable. We ask for Christ's sake. Amen.